to remember, this is the, well, I call it the post-Vietnam War period, but it isn't really. It's the the troops on the ground stage of the war is being ended for reasons we've discussed. America couldn't afford to maintain a half million troops in Asia indefinitely. The air war is continuing, but the economy is going back to... uh, Johnson had seriously overheated the economy because he wanted guns and butter. He vastly increased uh, defense spending but he didn't curtail, which is what you would normally do, and that's if you were a sane economist. He he also wanted his uh, all his domestic programs, which were also big budget. He wanted to have them both at the same time, and there was a, some crazy Keynesians were telling him that you could do all this with fiscal policy, and you couldn't. There was a major consequences, which led in 71 to America going off the gold standard and Nixon needing to uh, come up with a new thing. And what he, the direction he was going was detente with the Soviet Union. And detente uh, became a, an acceptable word for Nixonians. And uh, it became a, an object of hatred and attack for people who wanted to restore the defense budget. And uh, we saw the denouement of that in an un- un- insufficiently acknowledged date in American history, the Halloween Massacre, which was essentially the end of detente. And it was, ah, and also I'm going to mention here for the first time the name of Rockefeller. It was the time, the day... We're talking about Halloween in 1975, October 31st, and Nelson Rockefeller was told he would not be on the ticket in 76, and the Rockefellers never again. Uh, this is those, because detente suited the Rockefellers because they, uh, David Rockefeller in particular, was talking about uh, trade prospects and investment prospects in China. And uh, the Nixon agenda was to open up Russia and China for peaceful invent, uh, investment. Uh, you know, in your book, by the way, I, I want to say on here that I, I've started to read your book. Too early for me to say too much about it. It's the American exception, uh, but you uh, reminded me of Mike Clare's talk, which I use and you use of the conflict between traders and Prussians. Nixon was moving in the direction of favoring the traders by opening up a trade with these two huge undeveloped markets in Russia and China. And the Prussians want to get a defense budget by closing the doors to Russia and not opening them to China. And by the end of the decade, I think we see that the Prussians have uh, have won. Uh, it's the detente is forgotten. I mean, when I think back to having seen the, uh, the the hammer and sickle flag of the Soviet Union flying over the White House, that is a historic memory that has to be back in the early seventies because it was not going to happen. 
Well, yes, there's that conflict between those the, those militarist, we we'll call them neoconservatives or Prussians. They uh, they come to be yeah, known more as the, yeah, the neoconservatives. neoconservatives. That's when the neocons appear, and many of them coming out of the Democrats, the Henry Jackson Democrats, who Henry Jackson, having been, of course, part of the revived China lobby, always, you know, uh, and he is also called the senator from Boeing because his state, Washington, uh, Boeing built, built all the B-52s, which were shot down with increasing regularity over North Vietnam and Laos. And, of course, Boeing didn't mind. They just had to build more. Um, what I would add about the Rockefeller, you know, the, the neoliberal, commercially-minded faction versus your militarist, neoconservative faction is that what ends up happening as a result of all of these changes during Watergate, the Watergate era, and over the rest of the 70s, ultimately with Reagan, you end up with a system that is very suitable for the needs of both people. You have the unlimited uh, money printing, credit generating power that the U.S. gets as the reserve currency, the global reserve currency, so that position consolidated after the Volcker shocks and the oil shocks under yeah. Reagan, but it also allows for huge de deficits for military spending. So what, with the removal of Nixon and the sort of uh, tumultuous few years after that, including the Carter presidency, they served to allow for the institutionalization of this new dollar system that by the time Reagan, it's, it's almost like Reagan inherits the, the the Death Star in a way because he has so much power over the uh, the U.S. under Reagan exerts so much structural power over the economy and it it smooths out whatever conflicts there were between Rockefeller types and militarist types because now there's a there's a, I want to say unlimited money but a virtually unlimited money for corporate America's purposes, and also for the, the deficits to fund this huge military buildup. I mean, yeah, it, I, I and, want to make two points in response to that was very well said. Uh, in terms of today, one of the most debatable uh, issues in the U.S. budget in theory, but one of the least debated in practice, is the huge size of our defense budget. And this is where Congress is supposed to be, you know, Congress is supposed to authorize monies. It's supposed to come from Congress. And neither the Democrats nor the Republicans do anything to constrain on the opposite. Even the, the I've said this before, but it's so indicative of where we are now. The so-called do-nothing Congress of 2017 kept saying over and over in the press they couldn't do anything. Well, what actually happened was that uh, Trump, like all presidents who were looking to have a second term, he started beefing up the military budget. He sent a beefed-up budget to Congress, and in the Senate they increased the beefed-up budget by a vote of, I think, 82 to 9 uh, and it was inexcusable. I mean, we the kind of defense budget we have. What well, you know, now we have the Ukraine war, which I think is a, a relief to these Prussians, because 
they have something to show for all this money, which is more people, you know, children, etc., being being killed. Um, and we're at a crucial moment now, I think, because first um, the Ukrainians did very well, and it seemed as if things might be come to a quick negotiated solution. They haven't. And now the Ukrainians are losing, and America's going to have to decide very soon, uh, are we going to accept a loss, which American presidents never want to do, or are we going to escalate? And that, there we go into the territory of real risk of nuclear war. And uh, anyway, that's the. I wanted to go back in time. The second response to what you were saying, as you pointed out, the dollar was restored on a new basis in this this interim decade of the 1970s, which saw changes, um, and uh, one of them was to the, the dollar. We went off the gold standard in 1971, but by 1974, we had a new kind of dollar, the, what we call the petrodollar, uh, which was not backed by gold. But it had to be backed by something. People are not going to accept pieces of paper that are backed by nothing. That's, that's what started happening in Germany after World War One, And we're getting a little close to that now if the Federal Reserve Board doesn't take what's going to be a very un, unpopular action. Uh, no, but the, in the 70s, uh, the Americans worked out a deal with OPEC. And OPEC was presented in the press as a a group of oil-producing companies which was a threat to America. It was no threat to the big seven oil companies. It meant they could negotiate prices with them and control the global petroleum markets. And separately, and this, I think, was Kissinger, uh, well, it was the Treasury Secretary, but it was, I believe, under Nixon uh, in the, I think, 74 a deal with Saudi Arabia that they would get OPEC to agree that all OPEC oil sales would be denominated in dollars. And that meant that the whole world to buy OPEC oil had to have dollars to do that. And so it is, I think, sound economics to say that the U.S. dollar is now backed by petroleum or, or until recently it's now coming under threat. Uh, but until recently, it was securely backed by petroleum, the way and the need for petroleum, as before it had been backed by gold and the need, whatever that is, for, for gold. That was just an excerpt from the American Exception podcast. To hear the whole episode, as well as archived and new episodes, please subscribe to the American Exception podcast at Patreon. There's a link in the show notes, or you can just go to patreon.com slash American Exception. Subscribe and you can join us as we illuminate the dark side of the U.S. empire. 